You're listening to the North Richland Hills Baptist Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to nrhbc.org. Well, good morning. On behalf of our church family, allow me to welcome and thank you for worshiping with us. We are so grateful for you to be joining with us for our church family, for Cross Church. Welcome. We're glad you're joining with us, North Richland Hills. Again, guests, we are so grateful for having you. Uh, I just want to re-echo what Pastor Jeremy said from earlier. My name is Scott Mays, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor. I want to invite you to grab a Bible with me, and I want you to turn to the Gospel of John. John chapter 13. We'll be there in just a few moments. Gospel of John, John chapter 13, fourth book inside your New Testament. Now, let me just spend an extended moment here and how our church is responding, how to serve as a church community. Just because we don't have access to our building does not mean that we cannot continue to be a church. So over the course of the next few moments, let me just share with you a couple of details. One is we're meeting online. I would love to meet with you personally. I'd love to stick out my hand, shake your hand when that's safe again. I would love to encourage one another. And online is a great substitute, but it's not a full substitute. And we need to remember to not get into a routine that this is our place. In fact, as we think about this, we need to remember that we have brothers and sisters who were worshiping Jesus Christ all over the globe and risk their safety to come physically and worship. So let's remember that while worshiping together online is a great substitute for so many things, it does miss a few elements. A couple of other pieces I want you to be aware of is we're just trying to connect our church family. As Jeremy said a moment ago, and I repeat to you again, church online on our website, that's the place to go for all details related to Sunday morning worship. There you will find opportunities for students, preschool, as well as adults, adult Bible fellowship for both campuses, everything for Sunday morning worship is right there. In addition, I want you to be aware that we've set up a volunteer page. And that volunteer page is a great opportunity for all of us to do some uh, civic-minded, but community-minded, but also Christ-focused things. Let me just share with you three items that we're doing to assist during this coronavirus pandemic. First, you can donate food and hygiene items to both locations of our church family. You can bring those and you know that we will be distributing those to people in need as they're coming to the church office, did so this past week, will do so in the days to come. Second, you can volunteer your time through CEC, Community Enrichment Center. We're having the opportunity to deliver food, groceries to people in need in the mid-cities throughout many of the schools, and we invite you to join with us by going to the volunteer page, completing that application, so you can have an opportunity to serve others. Third, every Bible fellowship group, every Bible fellowship group has been asked to pair off. And what I'm asking you as your pastor is that 80, 90% of you are in a Bible fellowship group, and I'm asking that once a week, you pick up the phone and call others during this time of need. Now, if you need food, if you need hygiene products, don't call DoorDash. 
Don't call DoorDash. Call your church office. We want to assist you. In fact, if you can't get out and get that, we will find someone to help you with that, that great need. And so I'm asking you to pair off. I'm asking you to pair off the check on one another despite your age, but I'm asking you to pair off because in this isolation, many people just need somebody to talk to. So take time as you're sharing your life together in those phone calls together. John chapter 13. Go there if you would with me, and we're but three Sundays in front of Easter, and I just want to concentrate our thoughts and our focus on a series we began a little more than a week ago entitled When Jesus Says Amen. You know, every church has got an amen or somewhere in the pews, right? Usually an old guy that will say amen, and if you're a novice in church life, you'll just turn your head, go, who is that guy? He's not supposed to be talking. But all of us, all of us have got an amen in us at one time or another, right? In fact, let's do this. This may be embarrassing where you are at the house, but just give me your best amen. You ready? One, two, three, amen. Well, it's not bad. Everybody's got at least one of them in them, right? It feels good to get that out. Now, an amen in our culture means I like that. It means I like that. But did you know that Jesus said amen more than 100 times? Right at 100 times throughout the Gospels. When Jesus said amen, he would not say it in response to someone else's statement. Instead, it was a word that he used to preface something important. A hundred times, Jesus would say, amen, or truly, your translation says. In fact, he says four in John chapter 13, the first of which is in verse 16. Listen to the words of Scripture, the words of Jesus. Truly, amen, truly, amen. I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Verse 20, look again. Truly, amen, truly, amen. I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Move your eyes from verse 20 into verse 21 where you'll see these words. Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified again, amen, truly, amen, truly. I say to you, one of you will betray me. And then a fourth time in verse 38 where Jesus says, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, amen, amen, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times, Peter. Four separate statements. Jesus says within hours of his death and hours of his crucifixion, Jesus calls for us in the attention to say this is truth. Now when Jesus says amen, everything should come to a full stop. It should come to a moment of pause. Because the next words out of the lips of Jesus is nothing more than the unvarnished truth from the throne room of heaven. These are important words to live by. And as I think about the truth, I think about the world of deception we live in. In fact, as I think about that, I think about all this talk about fake news and fake people. In fact, I would like to say that the only thing we're facing with a global pandemic is a health crisis, but it's more than that. The BBC news report is sharing that the FDA has warned against fake coronavirus test kits as they came into Chicago this past week. In addition, 400, global, 400 globally registered 
domain names. That is the name that you'll type in on the internet. 400 of those have the words coronavirus test kit. People are seeking to profit because of a pandemic. And the FBI is warning us now. There's cyber crimes that are already happening and will happen. We live in a world of deception. We live in a world of fake people, fake news. And what we need today in America is to hear again the words of Jesus say, Amen. This is truth. This is the backstop of reality. Because I can tell you that when you hear the words of Jesus about truth, you're hearing a God who is all truth all the time. Amen? God who is all truth all the time. The Bible says God cannot lie. The Bible says that God is so true that Isaiah says God's name is amen, and Revelation says that Jesus' name is amen. He is all the truth all the time. That's good news for a world that's hurting. John chapter 13. Move your eyes, if you will. Let's get the backstory and let's just focus on two of these important, all truthful amen statements. Beginning in verse 1, pick up the scene. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart and out of the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to the Father, Jesus rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Let's pray together, can we? Father, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of concern, anxiety, and tensions are running high. And I want to pray, Father, that you would extend the peace that surpasses understanding to every believer around the globe. I want to pray that you'd keep us safe, Father. I want to pray that you'd give us courage to speak the words of truth. I want you to take your presence, Lord, and get our arms, our minds, hands, if you will, wrapped all around the words of Scripture so that we would embrace you and know you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Here's the scene. It's the Last Supper. Four times Jesus is going to say to us, this is the truth. Stop, pay attention, focus on what I'm saying. Look with me at the first of the two amen statements. We'll come back in the week to come. The first of which I'm calling the best of us. The best of us can serve the least of us. Now, just as a reminder, just as a reminder for those of you who are watching at home or wherever you might be, you can call a pastor. Our pastors are available right now both locations you're seeing the numbers there and I just want to invite you to call and take that seriously because I know that many people are anxious and you want a human voice on the other side and I want you to know it's a trusted person you know one of our pastors in fact if you're watching on live stream or one of our pastors is monitoring the chat so you have a chat ability to ask questions and our friend Dave our High school and student pastor, middle school and student pastor is doing that. Here we go again. The best of us can serve the least of us. Look again in verse 16. Jesus gives the double amen. This is only in John's gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke has a single amen. 
John's gospel will give the double amen. He says these words, amen, amen, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent us, sent him. God desires for all of his people to be people of the towel, to be people who have a serving spirit. Now remember the scene. Some of us picture this best because Leonardo da Vinci paints the famous Lord's Supper, Last Supper. While that's a misleading picture, perhaps that helps you here, this is the scene before the death of Jesus Christ. This is the Last Supper. What he does is he comes into the room and he begins to wash their feet, sets an example. Look in verse 12, John chapter 13, verse 12. Look what Jesus says, do you understand what I've done to you? Jesus assumes immediately that the answer is no. (laughs) No, you don't know, so I'm going to tell you what I just did. So in verse 13, here's what he says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I've done to you. So Jesus says in the Last Supper, hours before his own death, I've washed your feet, I am the Lord, I am the teacher, and I've set a tremendous example for you. Now, keep in mind a couple of things why this is so powerful, why this is so practical. One, most shoes of the day, if they had shoes, would not have been closed toe, but they would have been open-toed shoes, if they had shoes. Secondly, keep this in mind. There's not concrete to walk on. The best, there's a select amount of paved stones among the following, but they're walking on dusty, dirty trails. So the 12 walk in to the site of the Last Supper there in Jerusalem. It's customary at this moment that a servant, someone low on the rung of the social ladder, would have washed their feet, but evidently there's no one available. So Jesus takes off his outer coat. He lays it aside. You can imagine him rolling up sleeves, And he begins to wash their feet. Now, none of the other 12 did anything because no one who had a high social status would dare to do this. So they would have turned their nose up to avoid the smell. They would have simply held their breath. In the absence of a servant, in the absence of someone who is socially demoted, Jesus takes up the towel and he begins to wash their feet. Notice what Peter says. Oh, Peter, what do you do with somebody like Peter? Can't put a muzzle in by his mouth, but look what he says. You shall never, verse 8, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus replies at the end of verse 8, if you will not allow me to wash your feet, then you will have no share or part of me. Then Peter's all in. (laughs) He goes from hot to cold. At the end of verse 8, he says, well, wash all of me. You can just see Peter there. He says, I've got this rubber ducky. You know, let's go all into the tub together. Now, here's the truth, and here's what's so important, and you need to get a hold of this. There's not one, not one single example of a Roman or Greek dignitary washing the feet of an inferior person. There's not one example anywhere in all of antiquity and all of the literature, not one example. Roman or Greek dignitary, someone of high social status, would wash the feet of someone who is low social status, not one. In fact, let me extend that step further. 
in all of Jewish literature, all of extant Jewish literature, is not one example of any high social status Jewish person stooping down to wash the feet of someone of lower status. Not one. Don't you understand what Jesus is doing here? Jesus is becoming a slave. And everyone is stunned. They're shocked by what he's doing. Again, Jesus says, Amen, amen, I say to you, the servant is not greater than his master, a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. No self-respecting Jew, no self-respecting Greek, no self-respecting Roman would have dared to do what Jesus did. I imagine his blood pressure was high at this moment, don't you think? But minutes from Gethsemane, minutes from his own crucifixion, Jesus reverses all the normal roles. All the 12 are shocked because Jesus has taken this highly unusual thing and served those who are lower than himself. Can you imagine the conversation of, hey, Peter, Peter, would you mind washing everyone's feet? Peter might have said, well, I can't get my foot out of my mouth, so I'll pass. Uh, James, James, would you do it? James says, I don't do feet, Jesus. <laughs> I don't do feet. Uh, how about you, Andrew? Andrew, would you, would you wash everyone's feet? Andrew says, no, 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 no. Feet make me sick. Bartholomew, how about you? Would you wash everyone's feet? Bartholomew says, I'm off the clock. Union rules, can't do it. Uh, Judas, would you wash everybody else's feet? Judas says, I've got an appointment here in a few minutes. I'm about to be out of here. I don't have that kind of time. No one, no one dared to do what Jesus did. You can be assured that no one of them were going to take this servant role. Now, let me just stop here. Let me just give you the full force of this. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, the Savior of mankind, the creator of the Milky Way, takes off a coat, rolls up his sleeves, and washes the feet of people who are about to crucify him. Don't you realize that he will wash the feet of the man who will kiss him on the cheek but moments later to betray him? This is a remarkable thing. You know, we're here in an unprecedented global pandemic. And we have this powerful example of the Son of God in front of us. When every one of us are worried about washing our hands, Jesus is commanding us to wash feet. We are to follow the example of the greatest servant and the greatest human the Son of God, the one who was crucified. We have a powerful example. We're to do this in the name of Jesus for Christian compassion and mercy. We're to love our neighbor. In fact, just this past week, I was made aware that our church was in possession of 4,000 N95 masks, all that the news is talking about and how scarce they are. And so our Mike Gooch, facilities director here in the North Richard Hills campus, took those 4,000 and delivered 3,000 to our local hospital, 500 to the local fire station, 
and 500 more to the police station. Now somebody's going to ask, this isn't really part of the message, how did you guys get in possession of those? Do you love a bargain shopper? Jerry Stamps, our business director, bought them a year ago on auction, okay? Probably Canton or some other place. He loves to do that kind of stuff with his wife on the weekends. Now, here's the focus. Here's the pay attention part. Why would we do that? Because Jesus commanded us to deliver a cup of cold water in his name. And just because there's a pandemic going on doesn't mean we stop being compassionate. We've got a great Savior who, again, hours in front of his crucifixion, rolls up his sleeves. God desires us to be people of the towel, people of compassion, people who love one another. Jesus said these words in Matthew 25, amen, truly I say to you, as you did it to the one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. So how do we do this? How do we do this in social distance? And we can't even gather together in the house of God like we're normally accustomed to. Well, let me point you back to our website. Because at our website, we've set up a page for volunteers. And I want you to go there to North Richland Hills Baptist or crosschurchdfw.org. And both of those has a volunteer website. And you can serve like Jesus. You can say, I want to spend some time this upcoming week delivering groceries at one of the local schools. You'll find all the information you need there. You can bring groceries or hygiene products. Some of you have got deep freezers. You've got enough for five pandemics, perhaps. So take the second tunic. Remember what Jesus said? If you've got two tunics, if you've got two coats, take the second one and donate it. Bring it to either of the church offices, and we will give it to people in need in the name of Jesus Christ. Or you can bring that by either Cornerstone, who will be sharing our own Cornerstone Assistance Network, or CEC as they're organized with their local school district. This is what God has called us to do. Some of you cannot get out because of your own health risk, but there's someone around you who's healthy, and you can ask them, would you donate this at this time? And here's the key words. I'm doing this in the name of Jesus. This isn't random compassion. This is purposeful, intentional, because of our Savior's example and his power is running through us. Here's the second way you can do this. And you'll see this on the volunteer webpage. You can pick up this little card that we created called Howdy Neighbor. We took this from another church up north. We Texanized it, right? It's got to be Texanized. And so this card is just a simple card. You can pick it up in our church office. You can find it online and print it off. And it just says simply this. In light of everything going on the coronavirus, I just wanted to reach out to see if there's any way I can help or serve you. I'm a part of Cross Church. I'm a part of North Richland Hills Baptist. And we're working to provide essential food and hygiene products as well as personal help in this time of need. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me. And then you put your personal contact information there. And you have the ability to just put that on your neighbor's doors. Just put a little piece of scotch tape up there. Put your personal contact information. You'll find information about our church, and they can join us online. But this is a way to communicate Christian love. This is our moment, by the way. This is our moment. This is our time to do this. 
Early Christians did this. When the plagues were running throughout the early church, because we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because we know that even if this body ceases to exist, I will rise again, I will see my Lord and Savior, I will be given a resurrected body. And so those of us, we can serve, just like our early Christian brothers and sisters have done for centuries. The best of us can serve the least of us. If Jesus can do it, you and I can do it. Here's the second, our second amen statement. Look at this. The one who receives me, receives him. The one who receives me, receives him. Look at verse 20, where the Bible says, Truly, truly, amen, amen, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. This intimately ties every disciple, every disciple to our Savior. How does it do that? Because we move out with a mission. We move out with a mission and a message. Look, we take a towel in one hand. We're here to do the lowly work, and we take a Bible in the other. A towel and a Bible. That's our combination. That's our power. We're here to serve, and we're here to deliver a message And when we go out in his name, when they welcome us, they welcome the one who sent us. Who is that? Well, it's Jesus Christ, verse 20. And behind him is God the Father. He said, when you receive Jesus, you receive the Father. In fact, see that word messenger in verse 16? Go ahead and just circle that word. Circle that word messenger in verse 16. And right out beside it, these words are in your Bible app. Right out beside it, sent one. Sent one. That word sent one is also the word we use for the word apostle because a Christian is someone who has the message of Jesus. We're sent with his message. If you don't feel sent, maybe you shouldn't feel Christian. Can I just be that candid with you? If you don't feel sent, maybe you shouldn't feel Christian because the power is we bring the towel and the Bible together. And here's our message. Go back into verse 8 one more time. Peter says, don't wash my feet. Jesus says, if you want any part of me, you'll let me wash your feet. Peter says, wash all of me. Now watch, here's a clue. Verse 10. The one who is bathed, Peter, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, Peter, but not every one of you. Not every one of you. Jesus is not talking about physical dirt. He's talking about spiritual dirt. He's speaking about sin. Without naming him yet, he will, within the moments to come, he's referring to Judas. And he's referring to Judas's sin. In fact, you can look at verse 18 where the eyes of betrayal, he says, I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. And then he quotes from Psalm 41, he who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me, and I'm telling you this now before it takes place, then when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Friend, I know that you're concerned about a global pandemic. I know that you're concerned about the loss of job and the economy stopping and how to pay for all things. Some of you have risky health, compromised health, and you're wondering if you have a tomorrow. You're isolated, but listen to our Savior. Jesus says, take faith. 
one of the 12, he predicts it, is going to betray me. And don't stumble. Don't stumble because of him. Jesus says, I know this. I anticipate this. I also want you to remember that when you receive me, you receive the Father. And keep these things before you. Yes, you will face trouble. You'll face difficulties and challenges in life. But nothing will thwart the message of God. Nothing will thwart the cross of Jesus Christ. And friend, that's still true today, 2,000 years later. Not one thing will thwart the great love of God extended from the cross to you today. This is the message we go out with. We go out with a towel and a Bible. Because in verse 19, he says, look at this. When this does take place, when Judas betrays, believe that I am he, that I am the one. I'm not a run-of-the-mill savior. I'm not another religious figure. I'm unique. I am extraordinary. We go out with the message that Jesus Christ saves sinners. Someone has said in this pandemic that maybe God is getting our attention. Are you listening yet? Are you feeling fragile, vulnerable? Do you know what would happen to you if you breathed your last this morning? Do you know where you'd spend an eternity? Listen carefully. Jesus Christ came and he died for sinners. And today, I invite you to receive him. And when you receive the one who is sent, right now that's me, you receive him. And if you receive him, you receive the Father. Jesus said this way, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I receive, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Christian, you are a sent person with a message, with a towel of compassion, and the message of the gospel on our lips. I want to speak to the Christians for a moment. I want you to focus your eyes in verse 17. Some of you are too fearful right now to serve. Some of you are too fearful to do anything but to be preoccupied on yourself. Look what Jesus says. If you know these things, blessed. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Almost every time the word blessed is in your Bible, you can plug the word happy right there. You want to be happy on this Sunday? You want to be happy this week? You want to be purposeful about your life? You want to know that your life counts for something? Then serve. Take up the towel and serve. Show compassion. Communicate with your lips. Jesus Christ loves you. I'm here today to share the message of Christ's love, and I'm here to wash your feet, whatever that looks like in the 21st century. Today, I want to invite you to pray with me in just a moment. Some of you are religious. Some of you were charter member of some church. You may have set up chairs on the church plant. You may know more Bible than I know. But I want to remind you that Judas was a charter member. Judas was involved in a church plant of sorts with Jesus, and he was fake. I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm asking if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ.
And do you know that you know that you know for certain? If COVID-19 takes you, or a car wreck, or you die a happy old man or a happy old woman five decades from now, you will step into eternity in one of two locations. And the only way you get in before the presence of Almighty God is to receive His Son, Jesus Christ. So if that's your place today, would you just pray with me right now? I'm just going to invite you to right where you are, everyone in your living room, everyone in your apartment, everyone in your bedroom, in the car, wherever you are, to just pray. Thanks for listening to the North Richland Hills Baptist Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to nrhbc.org.